Hi, it's Brian from Scam School. Brian Brushwood, not that other Brian who also has a Scam School show. I tried to fight him once at a bar. I ended up bleeding out in an alley. Barely survived. You're listening to Alpha Geek Radio. The following presentation is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike Non-Commercial License. For more information on Creative Commons licensing, please visit www.creativecommons.org. Do not panic, ladies and gentlemen. Two dudes are on the airways. This is Casually Hardcore Live on AlphaGeekRadio.com. On this episode of Casually Hardcore, Blizzard kills a titan. The Tick Returns. The Ballad of Destiny's Loot and Caves. Yeah. Uh, new role on Kicks or sorry, new rules on Kickstarter for when a project fails. This day had to come. Yeah. Curator lists become the rage on Steam. And surprisingly the FBI does not like it when you encrypt your phone. Really? Shocking. <laughs> Shocked I was. We'll be taking your calls at the end of the show as well. But for openers, that's to you, Grail. Oh, okay. I, I thought you were just going to go right into it. You, uh, you put it on a different line. Sheesh. So we're going to start off with our uh, normal starting point now, which is Doctor Who recap from two weeks ago. For as long as this season may last. Which, which I guess, you know, maybe starting next week, we'll incorporate a Doctor Who and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. recap. Now that they are now that's both back, back in. But we'll give that the, the week off, you right. know, of time. The, uh, the, the Gilligan period. Because I did watch, I, we did manage to watch that over the weekend, so I'm at least current on it, but we'll give it the full two weeks before we start two yapping weeks. about that. Uh, but Doctor Who, the last one was The Time Heist. Yeah, this was a kind of wacky, yeah. interesting one, uh, where they actually played with time travel as being an actual story element. Yeah. Uh, an important one. Yeah. And for a time travel-based show, it's kind of, you know, other than maybe starting a story in a different time. Right. They kind of try to steer away from using time travel to solve problems. Right. part of the story. And I can absolutely understand why they would need to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, I'm Gnome Wise, and that's Grail. That's right. Because we're still... Trying this new entry on for size. Right. <laughs> it's still casually hardcore. We'll figure the, it out. The chicks ain't here. The kids nope. are at a friend's house. It's wonderfully peaceful here. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cricket, nice. cricket. Nice. Cricket, cricket. Ah, enjoy the false... Serenity. Serenity while it lasts. <laughs> it will not endure. Um, so, yeah, Doctor Who... It was... Uh, they used some tropes from previous episodes. The, uh, the mind worm... Yeah. Um, which was used to great comedic effect with Strax in the right. Christmas uh, episode a couple of years ago. Right, right. 
Uh, should I get the memory worm? Yeah. <laughs> Do you have the gauntlets? Oh, God. I don't want to grab the memory worm. <laughs> Those are the gauntlets, aren't they? Hey. Um, but they have the, the fun little bit of... Don't answer that phone. Mm-hmm. And then... Cut to... No totally idea. No idea where we are in the future. Obviously, right. he answered the phone and something horrible happened, but we didn't get to see it, which was kind of a, a jarringly fun little, and you didn't listen to me, and look what happened as yeah. a result. Yeah. So that was a good Clara doctor moment of, told you so. You, yeah. You did not listen to me. Do as you're told. Um, but it is basically you know, a... a Bank robber, Ocean's Eleven style. Mm-hmm. We need one guy that's good at this. We need one guy that's good at that. Um, you know, Italian job style heist movie. Right. But with uh, monsters and time travel and yeah, th- brain-sucking aliens. There was a lot that I liked about it, and then there was the overarching paradox that the whole episode created, which is why they don't which mess with Which is why they don't like to, to use to, those time travel Which <laughs> is like, you know... Why would she ever have called if, you know, it, it basically was the chicken and the egg. She calls yep. feeling regret over something that at that point in his timeline hadn't happened yet. Right. And and he was, the doctor and was there because of her, her calling, calling. And she and, called and because he And he planted was there. the idea in her head about right. regrets. That's exactly what yeah. they did in Listen. Right. With the planting of the story about... Yeah. But that one, it fit. It wasn't like it was challenged from a time perspective. But also, you know, who came up with the story to begin with? Right, right. Because Clara told the doctor who told... Oh, no, the doctor who told... Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's That's totally paradoxical and and circular Yeah, the the, uh, reason that fear is good. Right. Fear is a constant companion. Which Clara learned from the doctor. doctor. And then Who learned from the Clara. The, yeah, so apparently <laughs> they just don't give a damn about paradoxes this year. <laughs> or maybe they're setting up all kinds of paradoxes and it's going to pay off in some way. Yeah, and it's going to blow up in their face. So outside of that Annoyance. issue, right. um, I thought it was pretty well done. I thought it was an interesting take still on this doctor who, by his own you know view, was perfectly okay with sacrificing his companions as they yes. went along. That uh, came to find out that he wasn't actually sacrificed. He set it but up. He thought he idea, was. But he was okay with it. I mean, he was like, well, we're going to, you know, take, you know, if they have to die, they have to die because yep. it's better than getting your mind sucked by the, uh, whatever the hell that thing was. The teller. The teller, yeah. The bank teller. The bank teller, I know, but still. Silly. <laughs> the so, makeup, uh, for a practical yeah. effect... Uh, was pretty damn good. It was, it was good creature design. Mm-hmm. Um, watching the behind-the-scenes bit, the actors loved for once not acting against a green screen and a, yeah. ten- and a tennis ball, having an actual guy in a suit there. Right. We love this. This is this is acting. Right. As compared to that other thing they have us do. <laughs> <laughs> Just talk to the tennis ball. Arr, right. Grr. I guess. Um but it's a pretty standard. I mean, they had some, you know, the interesting characters. They had the, um, you know, neuromancer style, enhanced mm-hmm. human, chip in the brain kind of thing. Ultimate hacker dude. Yeah. And then they had shapeshifter. Right. Mutant. Uh, mutant. Um, and they each had their mm-hmm. own motivations mm-hmm. for getting into the the most secure vault in the universe yes. that holds all things. Yeah. Yeah, the, the Shangri-La of uh, of bank heists. Right. Um, 
And then, so the part of the mystery becomes, well, what is the doctor in there to get? Right. Because they're all there to get something. Yeah, something uh, that they'd be willing to wipe their memories to right. go after. Well, the, the, I mean, that was the, the fun... And th- this kind of trope has been used in sci-fi before mm-hmm. where this, this is the original Total Recall. Sure. You can't know you're a mole. Right. You can't know what you know because they have something that will know that you know and will get you killed. Right. They have the teller who will tell on you because you can detect all yeah. the guilt. So it, it was an interesting way of using that, the fact that he could tell guilt, so they had to just slowly feed right. what they needed to do to keep the guilt to a minimum. To a simmering minimum. Yeah. So it doesn't scream. Right. I'm, I'm here, here to rob, to rob the bank. Yeah. Because um, they, they didn't even, they didn't know they were there to rob the bank nope. initially. Until, yeah, much deeper into the uh, uh, so The bowels of the, uh, yeah. the, the building. Um, yeah, I mean... Uh, a perfectly palatable episode. Mm-hmm. Um, no big reveals. No no visits from Missy. No. Um, though having seen this week's episode, we do get a, a, our toe back into that uh, oh, okay. larger-than-it-seemed-before world. Good. You'll find out next week. Cool. A little minor, extremely minor spoiler for, for next week. Yeah. Because they've, they've already clearly said you know, every episode or so, you're going to get a check-in from Missy, Missy in heaven. Yeah, yeah. Um, who's going to be some kind of big bad or other we'll find out as the season goes on right right um it yeah. was a little a little by the numbers yeah with some cute tech thrown in yeah i mean definitely no no great mystery who the person was that set them up on the job yeah they, they thought that was a big reveal and uh, it's uh, pretty no, weak we yeah that, that was him the whole time yeah um, so they, they couldn't. I thought the reveal well. over who the director of the bank was was more that interesting. Was yeah, of her being the a clone, cloning herself right. basically to run the bank. The only person you know she would trust to be an administrator yeah. of her bank would be herself. Right, and she keeps finding fault with and and firing yeah. with flames her own <laughs> clones. Right, she has uh, issues, shall we say? Yeah, yes, Barry V A. Uh, wibbly wobbly, timey wimey, indeed. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So I mean, overall, I thought it was good. It was. It was again keeping. It basically, let Clara and the Doctor do their kind of give them some banter. Play, yeah, and play into like, okay, we've kind of established now what the roles are, so let's just give them an episode where they can just feel those roles yeah. and not not make any great changes to what they've been doing, uh, nor like you said, introduce anything with the overarching story. But it was a good. It was a good episode. I liked it. And they they are doing more of the the groundwork and the and the relationship with Mister Pink. Mm-hmm. And how the doctors, as as usual, intruding right. on anyone who tries to have a normal life. Right. To a much greater extent, they're going to, to great pains to illustrate it with this companion. Yeah. Of him literally taking her out of her timeline and then bringing her back multiple times right. in episodes sometimes. And using that as a tool to illustrate that Mr. Pink's not an idiot. Right. Because he's picking up on... What All is kinds going of details. On here. Why are you yeah. more tan than you were yeah. yesterday? And where's your jacket? And he's yeah. so illustrating that he's he's knows some vaguely something's, something's wrong. Up. Yeah. So I mean, and that's good because I I think in the past. If anything, they've shown, and I haven't seen this week's episode, but I'll watch it here in the next day or so. But I saw the preview for it, which definitely seemed to be playing up on that oh, whole yes. intruding in her life. And the the difference for Clara compared to these previous companions we've seen is she's a little less interested in doing 
the doctor stuff compared to her normal life. She, like, she can she can take it or leave it sometimes. Yeah. Whereas the other ones, like you know, Amy was always like, "Here, let's roll," yep. and you know, obviously Rose and even uh, Donna was in that mold. And oh, so let's and go see Martin. the universe. Yeah, but I mean, Donna really didn't have a relationship back home, right? So <laughs> she was kind of like, "That's great." Like most of them. Even Amy was the closest one to having a relationship, and basically she said, well, you're coming you're come with me because right. I want to do this. So, yeah, Clara's the first one we've seen where she's definitely got a life building on Earth that she's interested in as much so, it seems like, yeah. uh, as the Doctor. Yeah, and it's it's interesting storytelling. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the, Capaldi is growing on me oh, yeah. more and more with, yeah. each, with each time he's, he's getting more comfortable with the role. And, yeah. Uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't necessarily have to chew up the scenery – um, but in, in a very kind of subdued Scottish way, he's just right. there being grumpy. Grumpy, and, yeah. And in, it, not intolerant, but impatient with all the humanness and, and, and peopleness around Yeah. Him. Yeah, which is, uh, like you, I think we've said before, is a total flip from uh, all, all three of, of all the, the reboots, previous yeah. rebooted doctors who were kind of in love with humanity. Right. And he's kind of like, oh, these people kind of suck. Yeah. <laughs> but... I gotta take care of them. Yeah, they always give them the one-liners. Well, you've already taken off your makeup. You're done, right? Right. I have not taken off my makeup. Oh. Yeah. Oh, like from the previous from Listen Out, you get like, wow, that's me from behind. He goes, oh, it's not that bad. She goes, I thought I looked good. Yeah. Really? Really? (laughs) That was awesome. He's so ruthless. He is. He's Uh, cluelessly ruthless. Yeah. He's just like, oh, okay. Right. Right. Um, and funny enough, Dax has been rewatching a lot of the Tenet episodes, and Tenet had a little bit of that too, where he would say something that was completely wrong, and then uh, um, that was my phone. Okay. <laughs> but uh, and then you know, kind of try to make up for it. We were watching the one where. Uh, See, the trick about this one is Capaldi's doctor does not try to make up. No, for it. no, yeah, at least Tenet knows he's done right. something wrong. Whereas Capaldi's like, Capaldi's yeah. like yeah, that just Get came over out, it. so yeah. suck it. <laughs> Pretty much so. But good stuff. Um, really, really fun. So I wanted to take a moment and give a shout-out to yeah. Mike Haley, who okay. sent in for you and Daxa specifically. Oh, okay. Um, he had gotten Shadowrun Crossfire. Okay, yeah. Um, the and, card game. And with it came a code for a unique item in Shadowrun Online. Oh, okay. Which I sent in for you guys. To use. Oh, cool. So, I, don't, I haven't played Shadowrun Online yet, but <laughs> he definitely I'll it is here for be you. willing to take a shot at it. But I wanted to take a moment and say thank you very yeah. much. And I will I've delivered it to you via the spreadsheet, and you can let me know what that item turns out yeah, to be. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it's something we came back with uh, demo kits of Shadowrun Crossfire, which is a co-op card game. So you each person you can play up to four people. Each person takes on a role. They get a specialized deck that uh, you know goes with that role, either a decker or a street samurai or a mage or whatever. And you then set up a scenario where you're fighting against whatever the run is, mm-hmm. and it goes it has all these mechanics, and you level your people up as you go. It was it's a lot of fun. It was interesting. It was hard though, man. The second the you know to do a run, you're supposed to go through three scenarios. By that third one, you're like, holy Jesus. They're not <laughs> this is really hard. Um, so, so, yeah. In a nod to uh, how we'll be doing this next week, we'll uh, talk a little bit about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., only to say that one of the major complaints about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. last year had been, where are the superheroes? Yeah. Um, they're in episode one of season two. Yes. 
they hit the ground running with super bad guys. Fire. Yep. <laughs> yeah. No, it so was you, you, it was good. I'm I'm looking forward to talking about it next week. Yeah. I, so you know, from what I've seen so far after one episode, they've kept the mojo that they built with yep. the ending of the last season that actually finally you're like, "Oh, this is the show I've been waiting for." Yay. And they have their <laughs> I looks like and they laid the groundwork very clearly mm-hmm. at the end of last season where the Hydra agents got in and basically liberated right. all these people that were in prison. As well as technology and whatever else, yeah. And so it's likely for a while now is going to be the supervillain and or the super tech yes. of the week. Right. Which is a fine formula for this kind of show. Yeah. Um, well, and it fits in the world where you were left off with him having to rebuild S.H.I.E.L.D., he's right. an outlaw, and you have Hydra still out there as well, yep. kind of doing the same thing, because now they've been outed, so right. they're in the same sort of boat, so you have like, a, basically a cold war going on. But they also grabbed on. a pile of this But stuff. they came out with a lot more cool stuff, it seems right. like, than uh, uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. did. So, it's good. I mean, like I said, I think, it's, I think it'll be an interesting season, and one that I can watch from the get-go without going, why am I still suffering through this? Yeah, well, in hindsight, I mean, it's it's interesting to look back at where another show that was trying to establish themselves, the prison break of all the supervillains or the stealing of all the tech Mm -hmm. would have to have been season one, episode one, to set up the, it was like the old Friday the 13th TV series. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Where the curator say, shop gets... What's the MacGuffin of the week? What's the thing right. we have to go get? Right. These guys had the luxury of saying, no, we're going to make it a little more complex than that because we don't have to worry about being canceled mm-hmm. up front. Right, right. Because we know they're building us as a part of the larger yeah. universe, so we're, we're going to get a buy on ratings for a little while. So we're going to have there actually be a reason for that prison to exist and a reason for that cache yeah. and even have it be that that cache of technology was a lie. Right. Because they had been told that they were catapulting this stuff into the sun. Yeah, yeah. And meanwhile, Hydra was basically making a stockpile of goodies and S.H.I.E.L.D. was and making Shield, a stockpile yeah. of goodies. And so it's, it's a double whammy if you find out we've been lying to you at the highest levels. Yeah. And, oh, look, we just lost control of it. Right. And you could argue maybe it was Hydra because Hydra was infected at the highest levels of right. S.H.I.E.L.D. So maybe S.H.I.E.L.D. So. thought they were putting it into the sun. Right. And so maybe it was all hard. But I think it's a mix. And I think yeah. it's good. I think it makes a more interesting world. Shades just, of gray. Just like, you know, we said for Winter Soldier, making the world a much more interesting place. Yep. Uh, Agent Seal also, you know, obviously has film tie-ins with a lot of TV shows don't. Right. <laughs> so, but they really. That's another thing that yeah. people were saying last season. Where the film tie-ins? Because right. we had Lady Sif. Right. And that's all we really had until the big, the one, big one. Yeah. Where when they launched, where Shield went down. Where so, Shield yeah. basically, you know, the week after they right. released Winter Soldier. It's like, oh, by the way, everything that you just yeah. saw there. Yeah, it just happened here, too. Right, like, right. Okay, I see how they can leverage this. Yeah. Um, it'll be curious to see where they take it. Uh, but they, yeah. they now have their, okay, they have the big bin full of, mm-hmm. very deep bin full of super-powered bad guys. Right. And a, and, a, and a bin full of tech that they can just design yeah. on the fly. Right. It doesn't have to be the ultimate nullifier that comes right, out there right, every week. Right. It can be whatever 084 they want to MacGuffin out for that week. Sure. Say, okay, you know, this is the thing that turns squids into pelicans, but they're superpower pelicans with laser beam eyes. Right. And go. Boom. Now, let's, the world squid it. population is now decimated. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> calamari, no. God, no. Uh, it's a trap. Yeah. I, oh, God. Uh, <laughs> That's a long, that was a yeah, long way. That was a for long an Admiral Akbar joke. <laughs> but anyway, so there's, there's your groundwork. If, if you had been turned off mm-hmm. by those things, you know, where's my comic book superhero and my comic book superhero yeah. TV show, this may be your time to come back and take another look. Yeah, if you are brain dead and not watching Arrow. Why can't you watch both? I know, that's what I mean. But if you're like if you but if you have this need for a comic book show, oh, you should if, be if watching you only, Arrow. I mean, if you only have if one. you are looking for a Marvel show, then yes. And speaking right. about comic book shows, I'm boycotting Gotham. I have not watched it yet. Yep. I'm I just refuse. I I'm not gonna be sucked in again by them. It's Fox. It's Fox. That's why. Yep. That's my pure reason. So it would, it's it, Batman. I love Batman. I'm wearing a Batman shirt today. Yep. I'm not going to watch Gotham. Because it's on Fox. Because it's on Fox. So you're, not, you're not worried that it might not be good. No, it actually you're looks it good. W- you're worried that it will be good, yeah. and they'll knife it right, anyway. Right, That's more of the worry, is that they're going to build my hopes up, you know, and then it's going to kill I'm me. I'm going to form a unified front with you. Yeah. I, I have programmed my DVR to record it. I am not going to watch it yep. until it gets renewed for a second season. At least, yeah. And then I will go back, and I will binge right. watch it. And if it gets renewed for a second season, it has to get renewed and stay on the same you know, day of the Night and time. If it goes to Friday or something, then nope, I'm, I'm done. Yep. So, yeah, I just... You know, Fox, you have earned this mistrust. Yeah. You... And it may be like, you know, a self-fulfilling prophecy because more people that don't watch these yeah. shows on Fox. But I just want to know who's sitting in the boardroom there going, oh, I got this great idea for a sci-fi fantasy show. And them going, yeah, that's worked great in the past. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's do it. So... Yeah. I don't know. It's yeah, and it's it hurts because yeah, I saw a preview today for this week's episode. I'm like, that looks like a cool take on the penguin. I've, I've listened I'm not to a few. Watch it. <laughs> I've listened to a few reviews of yeah. it. Uh, Major spoilers was talking about it, and I think uh, Current Geek touched on it. And they wisely have stated we're going to hold mm-hmm. way back on and any mention of someone who who might possibly become a Joker. Right. Like that, that's you, you, that's that's the big guns yeah. of the so you're, oh, yeah. don't don't be looking around for who's going to become the director. No. He ain't there. We're not doing yeah. him yet. However, everyone else is there. Right, right. They've so, I mean even in the Riddler initial preview, Riddler, Penguin, Penguin. Apparently, uh, Cobblepot is quite the psycho uh, and, yeah. and an interesting character. Yeah, and like I said, they showed him in the quick preview. While I was watching football this morning. I was like, that looks pretty cool. I like this take on a younger Penguin. I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> so, because it's like that almost Only human one? is still too, too, you know, that too, taste too is fresh. in my mouth still yep. from losing that show and let alone Sarah Connor yep. Chronicles, Firefly, everything else that they've blown apart. No, well, I'll be interesting to see if we start seeing them talk about, well, they're, they're changing the episode order. Yeah, to Gotham exactly. And then to, and they're, you know, whatever kind of notes are going to come out of Fox and say, you're doing it again. Again. Which is so, frustrating. This is a big chance, and Fox, I know you're listening. Yeah. This is your chance to redeem yourselves before the genre fan base. Uh, don't screw this one up. Yeah, it's so frustrating. Because if this dumb show was on the CW, all it has to do is get past one episode and you get ten seasons. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's like... So, step one, don't pitch it to Fox. Right. Like, come on. And they're already doing such a good job, and Flash is about to premiere here pretty mm-hmm. soon, too, which I'm really excited for that as well. So, oh well. Uh, the Batman universe will have to... 
wait wait and we'll let it simmer for a bit and see where they go but yeah. i'm curious to to what extent this secures the batman license for fox yeah that's a good question is the cw not permitted to now touch? to right because I mean, tv rights are a much different beast than mm-hmm. movie rights most movie right contracts you know as long as you spit out a movie every x number of years you don't have to let go of the license tv what what channel was the Birds of Prey thing on? That was Fox. That was Fox too. So Fox definitely seems to have something in the Batman universe. Yep. Uh, and I know they've. They, I'm trying to think. I don't think they've made much mention of anything on Arrow that relates to Gotham City. They may have been very deliberately yeah told it. you can't touch these right. properties right. Um, but I mean, they do have Roz. Yeah. He's a big, uh, or at least the League of Shadows is a right. big deal on Arrow. Big, fat, hairy deal. Huge yeah. deal. Um, so, who knows? I mean, maybe they do have some. I think they've played it smart. Even if they could bring in Batman, they've stayed far away from that right. one. Like, we're that's not the world we play in. We're playing with these characters and doing a great job with them. Yeah, Oliver Queen. Right, Oliver Queen. And soon many of the things that Batman is. Barry, not. yeah. He actually you know, starts off killing. Right, yeah. He's a bit of a murderer back. and then decides maybe I shouldn't murder unless it's really, really necessary. Right. I've already <laughs> proven to you that I can do it. Yes. So you already know I'm dangerous. Right. Uh, Brilliant. Yes. And not only that, and they don't pull punches. Man, they put that guy through the ringer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I believed the you know the millionaire playboy oh, yeah. could transform... Because yeah. I, I, the 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 thing that turned me off in the early stages of yeah. Arrow was the whole billionaire playboy oh, yeah. half of the equation. Right. All the uh, the unbelievably beautiful people partying sure. hard at the drop of the hat. Because of course everyone rents out palatial halls. Yeah. At the merest suggestion of of hey let's have a party. Right. Let, let's you know let's let's make it seem like this is how everyone parties. <laughs> Table service, come on. Right, right. Uh, it's like, uh, no, there's not, a, there's not a zit or a wrinkle within 50 miles of the shoot. Oh, no. And it's like, no. I no, don't, no, this no, is no. Not, no, no. Yes, you can put pretty people on TV, but it's not miles and miles of utter surgically perfected human flesh. It gets old after about two minutes. Yeah, it's, well, I mean, you have to have chops behind it and yes. luckily all of them have acting chops and make interesting characters that's what saved that saves it so yes they're all very good looking but at the same time they're very interesting characters listen well. still uh, great. i like her i i i, I am a she's fun i mean i don't the whole i'm mit computer you know that's not that was silly but and it's also it's not Felicity Smoke from no the DC universe. Yeah, definitely different. She's, she's, that character has been around. Yeah, and she is a high powered, no nonsense, no bullshit female character yeah. that you don't want showing up on your doorstep. No, um, yeah, she's obviously different. I guess I don't. I'm not really familiar with the Green Arrow, so mm-hmm. I didn't know that universe. I that actually well. met the character so. in the Firestorm series. Oh, okay. Um, it, it, more investigative journalism yeah. type. Poking around okay. Lois Laney type, you know, gotcha. Will ruin your day if you're trying to get anything secret done. Okay. So it was a pretty big remodel of the character, and I didn't even initially realize that it was That's that who Felicity. It was supposed to be. Okay. I thought it was a character created yeah. for the TV series, and I was like, no, no, we updated her into a computer hacker because that's cool. Yeah, I don't know. like I said, I think it works. You know, like just coming in cold it to grates, it. It grates on me 
because of that. Lot, I could understand. A lot less that. as the character yeah. has grown. Yeah. So. I think they give her, she has some really good lines too. Yes. So no, the, I do she, like they, that. And she delivers. But I mean, they, you know, they created Dingle out of thin air yes. and he's an incredibly good he's character. All, they put him in the comic Right. Now. The comic said, ooh, we need to have him. <laughs> we so, need to get us some yeah. of that. But I mean, I think just in general, the like, uh, you know, spoilers for season one, the fact that they do end up wrecking half the city with an earthquake device. Yep. Um, Spoilers for season two. The bad guys win. The fact that Deathstroke murders people of uh, Queen's family, including mm. his mom. It's like, that's pretty rough stuff. And it's not the, you know, everything is happy. We're, we're the heroes. We we win in the end type stuff. So it's always kind of a win at cost. Yeah, I mean, that's, but it's and also it's good. And it makes it very compelling. Deathstroke as a character. Yeah, it makes it very, very compelling. Uh, and I'm hoping they keep that same attitude when they go into the Flash. Yeah, the, the, all the previews seem a little... It's a little happier. Yeah. But we'll see. Yeah. We'll I, get, see. I think they, they have a chance to go somewhere interesting with it if they keep that same mentality. But obviously, Barry becoming a superhero is much different than Oliver becoming a superhero. Right. Something. So, I mean, Barry's got, apparently in this iteration, has his own past. Right. And his own questions. Right. But it's not like he's coming in like, I just got tortured for five years. Right. It's more like, I just got some powers and I've already been a pretty good guy. Mm-hmm. So I can just be a better guy. And so, I mean, it's, I mean, it's a good, you know, you can't just keep repeating the same character archetype. No. So, but then it's, it's okay. So you're going to be trying to become this really good guy who's a hero. Let's see what, when life beats you down, what happens at that point. Well, so. when we return... Uh, we'll likely be talking about another guy in a tight-fitting suit. Yes. But first, we're going to talk about the most anticipated game that was never announced. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so here's a little Paul and Storm for you. The non-45-minute-long version of the Captain's Wife's Lament. We will return right after this. Hey, this is Cleo from Nerd Parents and TMS, and you are listening to Alpha Geek Radio. The ship sailed into harbor after 15 months at sea. The captain hit the tavern with his crew of 53. After drinking up their pay, they staggered through the town But all the inns and public houses turned the sailors down The captain said, fear not me lads, you all can come with me I live just round the corner and you all can stay for free But when the captain's wife awoke upon the break of day they say that you could hear her wailing clear to Botany Bay. Arsh! She said there's semen all around the bed and semen on the floor. Semen in the bathroom and behind the closet door. There's semen in the fireplace and semen in the hall. The living room is carpeted with semen wall to wall. There's semen in the entryway and semen on the stair. And worst of all, there's even semen in me underwear. There's some behind the larder and beneath the table. 
table too. I do believe your semen got into me, Irish do. There's semen here in front of me and semen in the rear. My God, there's even semen hanging from the chandelier. There's semen on the windowsill and semen in the yard. The semen even left a stain upon the St. Bernard. And although I am a patient wife, tis more than I can bear to wake up in the morning with your semen in my hair. I ne'er again do wish to see thee darken up my door. So clean up all your semen and come round my way no more. So clean up all your semen and come round my way no more. This is alphageekradio.com. Casually Hardcore continues live on alphageekradio.com. Yeah. After more than seven years in development and much rumoring of rebooting and starting over. (laughs) How many BlizzCons did people go to going, are we going to finally learn? What Titan is all about. Yeah. And the resounding answer is nope, never. Never. It has joined uh, Heroes of the Clan and uh, StarCraft Ghost. Yep. Heroes of the Clan was Hero- Warcraft Adventures. Or, yeah, whatever, Warcraft Adventures. I, I forget what the tagline was for it, but yeah. Literally. The Thrall story. Uh, so yeah, those... It's gone. Basically, they, they're redirecting last year that they came out with and announced that, hey, you know, we're kind of taking, reassessing, going to go back into because we're not happy with where it is, was really them going, should we do this? And I think, and it goes into this article on Polygon and goes to say that I don't know if they would have done this without the success of Hearthstone and and the the fever around Heroes of of the the Storm. Storm. Yeah. They... Made a lot of good points in the article, and it's from Polygon.com, where Metzen and what's the other guy's name? Oh, I just my <laughs> internet just went. Yeah. <laughs> um, Thank it, you, iOS eight. It's um, uh, Metzen and uh, the little guy, uh, yeah. more Morhaim. Morhaim, yeah. Uh, did a, a lengthy art, uh, interview with them, and said, so you know, "Remember, it's the world seven years ago, right? In the game industry, was wildly different. Oh yeah, than today." Even World of Warcraft hadn't at that point become the juggernaut and the category killer that it was going to be when it peaked, you know, at twelve and a half million subscribers. Sure. And the idea of doing another MMO seemed like a no-brainer. Yeah, it was what they were supposed to do, right? Kind of buy the book. Because so, well, we've we've proven mm-hmm. we know a thing or two about this, so let's make an even better one. In those intervening years, the landscape. Because of WoW, largely, right. has changed immensely. And what people want from their MMO and are willing to pay for their MMO mm-hmm. and what they consider to be fun to do and are willing to sink time into in an MMO has changed. Oh, yeah. Because for them, we've gone from you know Molten Core right. to the Raid Finder. <laughs> Have some loot! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
So yeah, small, pretty big. You know, we changes sarcasm in expectations and game mechanics, and because and because well, and, WoW is unrecognizable today, sure, based on what it used to be compared to what it used to be, and what and what people like you said are looking for with the options out there in the free to play realm. Um, just in general, the competition is shown. People maybe aren't as into one game anymore. Yep. Maybe it's more of a just dabble here, dabble there. You know, there's you're always going to have your hardcore set of people that are going to do the raid or whatever. Yep. But for the bulk of subscribers, maybe it doesn't make sure. sense. Honestly, the fact that WoW is still able to charge a monthly fee is pretty impressive. Yep. Because they, they they hooked a lot of people very early, and they've already had to they've challenged that somewhat with the promotions of like giving away Diablo three if you mm-hmm. up for a year, um, so they're obviously looking at different ways to encourage their subscription base and and doing some sort of price cutting uh, in that realm as well. But the the quote that stood out to me the most was we could not find the fun. Right. We had this thing. It did all these neat. Things and and you know there, there's indications that it was like it was a three faction system yeah. set in a future world. Uh, you know, in many ways, sounds a bit like Destiny, right? Or Wildstar, le- leading to a lot of maybe. very spurious yeah. reports that oh well the the Activision killed Titan because they didn't want it to compete with Destiny on its own turf, which is a utter horseshit. No. The the fact that Blizzard came out and did this, to me, it shows that they at least have some uh, say in what they do. Because Activision yeah. would sit there and go, I don't we care what you box. Release something. Yeah. Release we, anything. You re- recover some of this investment. Well, not even just the investment. The fact that, look, your name is Blizzard. We're going to put it on a box that has a monthly fee. We, we are going to get money hand over fist just because at, of at that. At least at the at opening. Yeah. So it was... Kudos to Blizzard. If they couldn't find a reason to really love the game, then there is no reason to make it. Now, they basically, when they they did their scale back, they they set it down Mm -hmm. and walked away from it for a while and then walked back to it and played it. Because it's been internally playable in many forms for years. And when they came back and said, yeah, it, it, it... it wasn't fun. Just not good enough. Or it, not it, yeah, not their standards. Right, so. not, not up to their standards. Yeah. Basically, it was based on the old way of thinking. Right. And so much of the old framework and the old way of thinking of what people thought was fun. Oh, yeah. Where it, you, you, they couldn't fix it. It had, it had to be a burn-it-to-the-ground redesign and in mm-hmm. do, a, do a different game. So there's probably plenty of technologies and systems that they developed during this that will find homes in other Blizzard products. Yeah. But also, they even mentioned there was pieces of it that was really good. That, that we it are going to put over here and build something else around that. Didn't work. Didn't work as, as anything they thought that someone would want to play in today's world. And also you have Hearthstone. Right. This little internal project from I think, Team 5, yeah. call it. Uh, well, both both Hearthstone and Heroes of the Storm were very small, like, let's just hobbies. see what happens. Well, yeah, basically, Hearthstone came from the fact that lots of Blizzard employees loved to play Magic the Gathering. Mm-hmm. And it started out just as this, this web client card game that was done basically on a lark. Right. And now there are 20 million Hearthstone players. Yeah. And so it's, if anything, Blizzard, which it's so funny to watch how their company has changed. When they first were releasing Diablo, StarCraft, um, 
the orcs versus human, then eventually Warcraft Two. Yeah, I read Barry's comment in there too. <laughs> At least the Titan. Yes, uh, for for those of you playing the home <laughs> game in the IRC, Liam Barry V says Liam Neeson bursts into an Activision and bursts in in an Activision shirt and shouts, "Release the Titan!" That's right. <laughs> uh, so, but look at early Blizzard. Blizzard became very well known for releasing these. Blockbuster, high quality, high polish, anticipated, just genre defining games. And now. Dungeon Crawler is Diablo. But you look now with Hearthstone, with Heroes of the Storm, with what they're doing with Warcraft, with Diablo 3, they've become the company that says, we're going to look at an experience that's out there and boil it down to the lowest common denominator of fun. Yep. That's all we're looking for. We're not looking for complexity because Hearthstone is magic, but boiled down with a lot of extraneous crap right, taken out of it. Right, but if you look, they are slowly introducing... They're getting a little bit better with it. Um, Heroes of the Storm is League of Legends and Dota with a lot of the stuff that you have to learn taken out. Right. It's, and it's familiar a very characters. boiled down experience. Diablo 3 is a very boiled down Diablo 2 experience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the change Changes they made in WoW to the talent trees and stuff. Like, let's get rid of all what, the crap. What? Yeah, I don't do this. Is there no more talent trees? You wouldn't recognize it. As well, I know. That's tree. from what I understand. It's like you get like four or five column choices. Column A, column B, right. column C, and done. Right. So I who knows. So babe, that's now really where they are at. The only game I think that. Uh, or uh, product line that seems to defy that is StarCraft because that has such a competitive scene. They right. have to. I think Service appease at. that side of it more balance, so balance, than, balance, than balance, us. Balance, right. Balance, it's balance, always balance. about balance. Yeah, and and they'll have a similar balance challenges and and, and crying when heroes. Goes, oh yeah, goes live. Oh yeah, because <laughs> all you ever see people on the internet is kvetching about lol heroes. Well, and the interesting thing though about lol is is that Riot embraces it. I mean, yes. they basically say that is the meta. That is the shifting sands are, of our are, game. We are deliberately releasing. Game-breaking heroes to make you learn a new way to play it to keep it interesting. Yeah, or we're going to nerf a hero, and suddenly this hero you didn't care about becomes the de facto powerhouse because everybody else now is below him in power. This week. And it bounces back and forth. So it keeps it... You know, people may convetch, but they're paying attention. <laughs> no such thing as bad press, I guess. Yeah, missing in the IRC says, they prune the talent trees down to talent sticks. Really? Pretty wow. Much. Yeah, see that one? Not so... I'm not too big of a fan not of so that. Much. No. Uh, so yeah, uh, rest in peace, uh, Titan. May, yeah. may your your game engine and your components find homes in other fine Blizzard products. Uh, I hope so. We'll see what gets talked about at BlizzCon this year. Uh, yeah, that will likely be the final installment of uh, StarCraft Two. Oh, the Protoss. Yeah, one, the, then, yeah, the Legacy of the Void. Right, Legacy of the Void. And I would expect because they're, they're, I'm getting the messages saying technical alpha for Heroes is, is ending. Yeah. So I'm, they'll probably announce that that's going to go into closed beta. Yeah. I mean, at PAX, I didn't get to play it, but I was watching it, and it looked solid. Yeah. It, it looked very playable, and everything looked good. Um, I'm no authority on MOBAs, but I'm assuming they're working on ability balances. I'm guessing that. Um, I think right now they're just trying to make sure, like, <laughs> when you push that button, does the game stop working? Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're past that point. Now let's actually start talking about champion pools and roles and, yeah, balancing the champions against each other, uh, which really you can't get into with a MOBA until you get it out to a much wider audience. Right. Those That one you have to get release it into the wild and then just, just see what happens. look at what shows up on your forums. Right, right. And just 
just have the flamethrower ready. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, I never thought somebody would do that. <laughs> yeah, the, the law of unintended consequences. Right. We didn't even envision. What are you doing with right. that? Holy crap, that's awesome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we got to patch that. Exactly. Now, that's one of the things they're talking about with um, <laughs> the change in attitude for WoW for uh, Warlords of Draenor is... Some mm-hmm. of the things you can get out of your garrison's workshops yeah, are crazy. Are deliberately crazy. Yeah. And they stand they're standing by with their new hotfix system. Right. Where they can instantly change things on the servers without having to do a restart or anything yep. or wait for maintenance. But they're gonna they're gonna throw this crap out in the world and see what the players do with it. Yeah. Interesting. At this point in the game life, why not? I mean, it's this, it's to me, it's the same feeling as when I logged into EverQuest a few years ago, like the actual real game, right. and like this gnome was flying by on a chopper. And, and I was I'm like, out. what the hell has happened here? <laughs> this is Gnome Chopper 4. Yeah. Traffic like, reports. What is going on in this game? I can't handle this. Yeah. Too so, much change. Too much yeah. change. Uh, Project 1999, save me. Bring it. Calgon, take <laughs> me away. So, Spoon! Yeah. The, one of the most unexpected things I've seen come across my feed in a long no time. No kidding. And apparently it's quite official. The Tick, live action television show, will be returning. Yeah. With Ben Edlund, the creator, on board. Patrick Warburton reprising his role. Yeah. The big blue... Lug? <laughs> it's crazy. I would never have expected no. that one, because th- that one was one I, I was so happy that the little bit of it that, that got, got made got made. Yeah. I had such a, a slim chance of finding an audience. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're going to give it another go. Uh, we got this from SlashFilm.com. Right. The Dick is returning to live-action television. News of the big, dumb blue guy coming back was one of the most unexpected bits of revival news we've heard all year. Among the most welcome is the fact that Patrick Warburton will once again play the tick. Uh, And they're saying it'll be a bit darker than the original show, Um, likely a new version of the costume, and playing it as a tick the age of Patrick Warburton right. now. So they're going to try and make him Make him young. the young tick this, this again. This will be yeah. the 48, 50-year-old yeah. version of the tick. Right. Which is actually kind of interesting yeah. to me. Because he's, you know, the tick is absolutely certifiably insane. Right. I mean, if you read the comics, they play him straight as a crazy person. Right, right. Who has reasonable superpowers. He's nigh invulnerable. Yep. Um, he has pockets, right? Um, though he doesn't realize it at first. Um, he wants to build a Polynesian longship in his garage. Nice. Why not? You no. Know, sometimes he forgets things: who he is, where he is, right. important things. Right. But it's a it's the comedic take of the Watchmen. Yeah. Watchmen looked at what kind of psychopath or sociopath would put on a costume and right. be a vigilante. Right. This is what kind of goofy nutball would do would such do a the thing. exact same yeah. thing and be surrounded by other goofy nutballs. Right. And and but you always had this you had the straight man of Arthur in sure. there who was really just trying to put on his flying suit and do good. Mm-hmm. Um, and fell in with the tick. Sure. And and go with that. And there we go. So, wow. 
At the one end, you look at you say Fox, and you, yeah. you keep knifing these things in the back. Occasionally, a resurrection occurs when you're not looking. Well, but interestingly enough, they they don't have confirmed where it's coming right. to, but they kind of said Amazon is the hint right now. Yeah, well, Amazon's been doing their pilots right. program, right? And Amazon wants to get in the production business. Yep. They want to be the next Netflix and Hulu. Yeah. And I've heard good things about the one with the uh, dad from Arrested Development, uh, Transplants, that they just released is supposed to be pretty solid. Uh, so. Yeah, I mean that'd be good. I think, I think an Amazon, a Netflix for the tick is where you know let that kind of thing. Let right. them do a full season and see what happens. Yep. Type thing. This is this is what we've been oh, yeah. hoping for and talking about on this show for years now. Is this is right? They're building the framework where this can find its audience. Right. It doesn't have to be a blockbuster. It doesn't have to be the next big thing. It can merely be enough to continue to produce more. So everyone involved with the project gets paid, and the network gets enough money that yeah. they're satisfied. Yeah. They reinvest it in another season. Lather, rinse, repeat. Right. And we have a live-action tick show that we can watch to our heart's content. Mm-hmm. It is a wonderful time to be alive. I'm, I'm, I'm so hopeful that this experiment, you know, it's, it's been initially successful. Yeah. We've gotten House of Cards. Oh, yeah. We have gotten Orange is the New Black. Mm-hmm. We have gotten Lilyhammer. I've heard have, good things about Lily. I haven't watched that yet, though. It's uh, an oddball yeah. mob show. Yeah. Um, Seemed okay. Again, may not be precisely our audience, but it found its audience. But it found somebody. Yeah, exactly. And that's and that's I'm I'm happy to see shows being produced mm-hmm. that I'm uninterested in watching, and I'm happy to see them succeed. Mm-hmm. Because it means it's working. Yeah. Because that means they found their audience, and it wasn't me, but right. there was enough of those people who wanted it. And it's not a reality show. <laughs> it's not a freaking great. reality show. Yeah. Hopefully, we're slowly increasing the n- national IQ yeah. a little bit. Um, but oh, yeah. I want some more Deflator Mouse. And, you know, yeah, that'd be fun. It. Yeah, Deflator Mouse is always my favorite character on yeah, that I show. Wish that, I, wonder, I hope maybe they've worked out the, um, the rights, uh-huh. and we can get... Um, American Made. Right, right. Called American Made since yeah. Captain Liberty. Because a lot of the characters from the c- comic right. and were tied up in one kind of rights. The animated series yeah. bottled up more of the rights. Right, right. So they had to reimagine. So Deflator Mouse became Batman Well, who was awesome in his own right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, who they have playing him? I forgot his name. He's a really I unique name. He was on Lost, and he was uh, the mayor in the the good Batman films. Um, oh. Always looks like he's wearing eyes. Yeah, he always looks like is. he's wearing Oh, really? Um, yeah, I don't remember his name? his name, but yeah, I know what you're talking about. But I wasn't used to seeing him in a comedic role. And he... Batman, well... Mm-hmm. Total sleazeball. He was yep. just in it for the chicks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Diego, how was your sister? I like his sister. She's <laughs> Catholic. <laughs> That's awesome. On a rooftop. Where else? Right. Uh, so yeah, we're I uh, all kinds of happy to see this. Yeah, see that, they'll that be great in the past. That's right in my wheelhouse. All right. Let's talk about some destiny. So this is an interesting... another thing we have to mourn the passing of of destiny. Oh, this, yeah, the Luke the cave. Luke cave. So I mean, it's an interesting. <laughs> saga that they've gone through in two weeks since launch they've had an entire saga come up which so to give some background for anybody that hasn't played destiny it's a lot of fun i enjoy it but and i i own it so full disclosure 
their loot system, like they did not think about it. They just kind of said, we're going to throw out these random orbs that drop and there'll be different colors, but the color doesn't necessarily mean Mean that's the loot you're getting because it just means you have a chance to get that color Uh loot. And we're going to make it, we really don't want to deal with people that steal other people's kills. So basically, if you're in the area where something dies, you have an equal chance of getting loot off that mob just like anybody else. And it's all personalized. And we really don't want to put loot on certain monsters. So if you kill the monster at the end of a three-player strike, it has the same amount of chance of dropping loot as a you know, low-level grunt that you kill on the way in. That doesn't match any expectation. It insane. Yeah. So you have a lot of people getting these uh, engrams, I think is what they're called, yep. that uh, they go and they take all these different colors. So it's, it's a standard color scale of green being uncommon. Blue is your rare. Purple, they call them legendaries, but they're your epic. And then you have yellow, which is the exotics oh. or your, you know, the oranges and wow. And so you go back to the, the tower and you go up to this cryptarch guy and you go, here's all my stuff. And he's like, oh, that blue, that's really a green. Oh, that blue, that's really a green. Oh, that purple, that's really a blue. Mm-hmm. And you're like, son of a, you suck, cryptarch. Yeah. And so. Why would they think that was a good idea? Yeah. So that's the stage we have. And then people, you know, we we're talking about unintended consequences, figured out that, hey, so since these mobs all have the same chance of dropping the same loot, why am I doing these strikes that take me 30 minutes to go through to get a few pieces of drop when I found this cave? In that, old Russia. This magical cave where these mobs just run out of it, and they just run and, and try to get to freedom. And if you stand a certain distance away from the cave, they spawn every six seconds. Yep. And basically, you and your friends can just sit there and unload <laughs> on this cave with rocket and shotguns and rifles and everything you can think of and it became the loot cave because you basically fired until you all ran out of ammo ran in gathered up all the orbs of goodness ran back out and repeated and the forums were just exploding with people saying oh this is such an exploit to others saying no this is you know obviously working as intended Mm -hmm. and Bungie was silent for a little while on it so it just got people more and more hotted and funny enough you had this whole like community grew up around the cave where people would be there and like they all knew which line to stand behind mm-hmm. and honestly i took part in the loot cave i was watching monday night football i was making full use of my xbox <laughs> and monday night football staff baby. snapped and i was kind of like half pay attention as i'm shooting at the cave and every so often i noticed people were running i'd run in grab my stuff and then run back out and do the same thing while watching monday night football it was great yep. so it was, it was a nice experience and again most people's take on it was it's not like there's an, an economy in this game. There's right. no trading. So what does it matter if one person's getting their loot this way and you decide to get your loot via sh- doing strikes or, or grinding PvP or whatever? It's all a grind. It just depends on what you want to spend your time doing. Well, finally, last week, Bungie came out and said, we're releasing a hot fix. And they had a nice post where they basically said, we were really surprised and happy with the fact that people created this community around this cave and they were impressed with the teamwork but it really isn't the vision that we had so we're not punishing anybody for doing this but we are going to change the timers so now they no longer spawn every six seconds they spawn every 40 seconds so basically nullifying the reason to stand in front of the cave Uh, since then they've already found a loot door now where people run out every six (laughs) seconds and they shoot at them it's when you have a game that's a massive multi- 
semi-massive multiplayer game where you have multiple people in an instance version of a world, you have to have enough critters there to make it compelling so you're not just running around an empty area. At the same time, if your loot system encourages killing anything because it all has the same chance of dropping, it means while you're making these spawns happen, you tend to just stand just what well, I want, whatever gives me the most spawns. That's all I care well, about. The, the, the biggest deal is the fact that the loot percentage drop is equal across mobs. Right. That, that was the biggest. That was, that was their, and they f- now have announced uh, in this week saying next week we are going to start patching our loot system. First things first, we're going to make it that if you drop a colored engram that is purple, it will drop purple or better loot. If you get a blue, it's going to drop blue or better loot. It's oh, no longer a, a crapshoot because we're like, yeah, we never really made that clear or as much upfront as we really should have that this is really a random grab bag. Whereas, you know, from a player's perspective, you think I just got my purple Ingram. Let's let me get my purple. And here's your blue. And here's your blue. And it's not even is it a blue? It's like blue mats. You're yeah. like, great. Uh, Thank you so, so much. And, uh, on one hand, I'll give Bungie credit. They are making changes to the game based on feedback at a pretty rapid pace, doing hot fixes where needed, um, and putting in a sane loot system. I'm hoping the next step is going to be we'll actually give bosses a higher chance to drop loot or something like that because it just makes why, sense. Why even have a boss? I mean, if you want folks to do these strikes, if you want to encourage these uh, activities, then make the loot there. Put it there. So much room for activities. <sighs> so it's, but at the same time, Destiny has given me many moments of just like, yeah, um, I feel jumping into the middle of a, a bunch of uh, critters, throwing a grenade onto one guy, shotgunning a guy in the face, force palming somebody, turning back into an auto rifle to pick off a sniper. You're like, yes, this feels good. And Bungie does a good job of delivering repeatable, high fun experiences in their game. Exactly. So it's definitely eaten up quite a lot of time to the point where I haven't played with a controller for this long that my my index finger now is actually starting to feel like, ow, <laughs> I haven't used that tendon for a while for pulling a trigger for this long. So, That's a good sign. Yeah. Repetitive stress syndrome means... Yeah, it was a good game. But it's uh, so, you know, the death of the loot cave, there's always going to be something. Hopefully they uh they address that. And then there's other things they really need to address. For a game that's built around social interaction, they don't have a good way of like forming groups. Yeah. <laughs> Which is insane to me as well. Uh, so, oh well. But that's it. Bye-bye, Loot Cave. It was it was a great meditative experience or just a chance to hang out with people on Xbox Live and just chat and be like, blah, 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 pow, 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 pow. Hey, look at that. Loot. <laughs> and loot. And there was actually a good article on uh, Penny Arcade where I think Tycho was going like, there's fun here, though, mm-hmm. and they should really figure out how do I get that fun? Like, right. How do Spread I give around other parts this of the game. fun to people? And then there's the cynical version that goes, it's pretty sad when the funnest activity right now is shooting endlessly at a cave. <laughs> One of the most fun things I saw was somebody took the scene from, I forget it was Matrix Reloaded Revolutions, where the machines are pouring through the hole in the ceiling of the uh, docking bay. Uh-huh. And all the mechs are around the room shooting into it. Kind of, <laughs> exactly. And in, uh, engrams dropping, <laughs> engrams dropping down. down. That's awesome. Uh, it's like, yep. Right. Th- yeah, it, it's, it was fun. <laughs> all right. When we return, we will discuss... Oh, we got up on the thing here. Uh, <laughs> Kickstarter, uh, realizing that 
they're getting some bad press from some really <laughs> high-profile flops. Well, they're Kickstarters that fund and right. never deliver. Right. Which, to me, is way worse than, obviously, and to them, I'm sure, as well, is way worse than a Kickstarter that doesn't fund. Right. That just basically means the interest wasn't there. Right. Drum up interest, take money. Sorry. It's supposed to be a step three. <laughs> so <laughs> they like have some things to say about South that. South Park episode. I'm sorry. What's step two? <laughs> Different South Park episode. Right. All right. Cue up a little more Paul and Storm for you. This is the radio version of Nun Fight. Mm. Enjoy. We shall return after this. I'm going to go assassinate a housefly. Okay. Hey, this is Phil Plate from Bad Astronomy, and I used to be a Delta geek, but I moved up to a Beta geek by listening to Alpha Geek Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, we present our title bout for the evening. In this corner, weighing in at 114 pounds, by way of the sisters of our Lady of the Immaculate Right Cross With a record of 23 and 1 With 15 knockouts 3 TKOs 2 decisions 3 conversions And 1 exorcism The High Priestess of Penance The Pounding Penguin The Assassin of the Passion The Stinging Nun And the Roman Catholic Wrecking Ball From Dublin, Ireland Sister Mary Catherine The Habit Breaker In Violata And in this corner Weighing in at an even 82 pounds By way of the order of St. Adelaide of Perpetual Confrontation With a record of 66 and 6 With one disqualification for using a ruler The Vatican Vixen The Pontiff's Pitbull the original sinner, the homicidal bride of Christ, the assaulter from the altar, the undertaker, and the mother superior of kicking posterior. From Mexico City, Sister Maria Teresa Garcia Graziella Aguilera Delgado Francisco Diego Arroyo Inigo Montoya Zapata Paquito El Guapo Abuelita De La Boom Boom Mendoza In nomine Patris et Fili et Spiritus Sancti Now let's get ready to Casually Hardcore continues on AlphaGeekRadio.com. And as we mentioned before, our friends at Kickstarter. Yeah. First, you know, the first step is admitting you have a problem. Uh, Kickstarter, this is from ArsTechnica.com. Kickstarter lays down new rules for when a project fails. And this is <laughs> the... Uh, 
like right before these rules came out, uh, Neil Stevenson, author, yeah, who had successfully kickstarted a half million dollars for a sword fighting video game, had just released his video saying that it was never going to happen. Right. Whether those two things are connected, we don't really know. But it's if, when you read some of the details, it's not really a change to the terms of no. use. It's more sort of suggestion. Just like, hey, you really need to tell people what's going on. And right. It's, it, it's, it's guidance and suggestions for people running projects. Right. They're basically saying, stop making us look bad. Right, basically. <laughs> and here's how. Mm-hmm. Frequent updates when things are going wrong. Don't try and hide it. Right. Be upfront. If you have to change what people are going to get, fine. Better to give them less than what you had intended than not giving them anything at all. Um, it's, you know, they're adapting to the culture that as it has developed. And, and there are, they've had their high-profile failures. Right. Um, there was the Yogscast guys uh, were trying to put together a uh, Yogscast Adventures game. Oh. And the dev company they were working with uh, apparently dropped the ball in some fairly heinous ways, but mm. the money is just as gone. And that was yeah. that was over a million in funding that they had, and they have no deliverable. Right. So, and that, that's going to keep happening. Yeah. I mean, in the end, this is you are making an investment. And invest- no, you're not making investment. You are. Well, you are. You're not investing with a return on your no, investment. No guaranteed for return. Money, right. but you're inve- Well, you, it's like any investment. You're investing, hoping to get speculating that it's going to come back to you. In this case, in in, in the the terms of a, a product, a product, whatever. It um, but it, just like investing monetarily in a stock or whatever, it could possibly end up you lose your investment. <laughs> and that's most people that I see complain don't grasp Kickstarter as that. Right. They think your money is just sitting there. And when they say it can't happen, you should just be able to distribute it all back. They don't seem to understand that that money has gone. Right. It's, it's been spent. They tried. I mean – Unless you have a case where somebody just kind of fakes it and steals right. the money, then that would be a criminal case. But in most cases that I've seen where it fails, they've shown, yes, we tried to do it. And Here's where the money went. We screwed up. Or the money, our, may, have, the may, the money may have gone to some profoundly stupid places. Right. But they mismanaged. Right. But mismanaged is not a crime, nor right. is it a uh, something. Being a bad business person is not criminal. Yeah. Unfortunately, just like anything else, if you're looking, look at Kickstarter and say, not only am I interested in the product, but how much faith do I have in the folks that are saying yeah. it can deliver? This, uh, in the case of, what was, which author was it? Neil Stevenson. Steel Stevenson. I mean, I'm sure he has a pretty big following that, uh, believed that he could get it done. And obviously it didn't work out. You know, I've been lucky with the couple things I've kickstarted. I chose pretty big companies. You were careful. Well, careful enough. I mean, it was definitely, uh, folks that I had belief in that could deliver. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, both for Shadowrun as well as uh, uh, Pillars of Eternity. And, I mean, we've seen, you know, funny enough, just the flip side to this is, what, a week ago, Wasteland 2 released. Yep. Which was one of the biggest Kickstarters out there. success. And seems to have released to a really uh, resoundingly well-reviewed game and uh, definitely is is bringing back that genre of uh, role-playing, which is awesome. So, it's... 
it's tough, but that's that's life. That's you know, if you really believe in it, do do a little due diligence on it. Make sure the folks that uh, that the plan that they have set out is sane. If you think it's sane and you think that the product is worth it, give them the money and expect that you know, if it doesn't work out, you have to have that in your back of your mind that it may not work out yep. and you may be tossing that thirty, sixty, hundred, whatever you end up donating down the drain. His life. <laughs> now, moving on to another uh, kind of developer's cauldron of joy in this case. Um, our friends over at Valve mm-hmm. in Steam have updated, and this, this buzzword of discovery, you see this showing up in social media all over the place. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's what social media and social networks are supposed to do for you. That was what the promise was. Is we will help you discover more of the things that you like. Love. Right. Based on what you've input, we will bring you more of the same mm-hmm. or similar or things that are you may never have known you would like until we showed it to you. And Steam pushed out an update to their version of this discovery system and it's being praised mm-hmm. very mightily by the developer saying hey there's all kinds of people who are really interested in what i'm publishing showing up on my page now right so somebody's worked out i'm not sure what this must be an autoplay oh ding, look ding, ding. something is autoplay yeah polygon oh i hate you um, yeah. Where's the autoplay? We Find the autoplay. Some, uh, Find the autoplay. It's a surfing video, and it's now dead. Got like some Starsky and Hutch 70s going yeah. on there. <laughs> go hop in my bitchin' Camaro and get a, go for a ride. Get a hug- huggy bear. <laughs> <laughs> um, so from the article, uh, for example, Andrew Spearin, creator of the successful shooter Insurgency, posted a blog showing how much the new update had popped his metrics overnight. Visits to our store page recorded by Google Analytics, went from 5,800 on Sunday to over 21,500 on Monday. Tuesday was 83,284. Another value number is being on a, being on 138,000 users' wish lists, mm. as that will help, estimate, uh, help us estimate the number of copies likely to be sold at the next sale. So it seems to really be working as intended. Yeah, and I mean, enough so that I got an email from uh, the aforementioned uh, Shadowrun Return saying, hey, you know, we've had a great release, everything's been going well with the director's cut, Steam just released this new feature, and if you like, go in there and put it on a curator list uh, for yourself, because it really helps get the word out. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of indie developers and smaller developers are really starting to see the value in this. And not only that, but you're seeing big-name personalities in the game space creating their own curator list, which then all their followers start paying attention to. So it becomes this... You know, it's early to say it, but this could become a big counterpoint to Metacritic. Right. Well, basically, we get right back to what we were talking about a little earlier was going with people that you trust. Right. I trust this person, this list maker's taste yeah. to be similar to my own. Right. And also that they, they, they don't put crap. They're, they're not going to – they can't be bought. They're not going to put something on their list because someone paid right. them to. It's or, not IGN. Right. <laughs> um so, 
it's and it's it's more it's back to our discussion of Netflix letting these little projects find their audiences. Yeah. This is letting these indie developed specific genre titles find their audience sure. through well, you know, if you liked this Here's something that's not exactly the same, and but you maybe never in a million years because of what it's named and the characters they've yeah. chosen. But it is in fact just like this, you know, but with ragdolls yeah. instead of zombies. And right. You would have never paid attention to ragdolls, but once you play it, you'll love it because it's six it's kinds of awesome. Really good, but yeah. we were, you know, we were having trouble finding people who understood it, and now, hey, we found you, and you will forever be our fan. Yeah, and I think it, it also goes really well with Steam because of Steam's annual sales, their winter sale, their summer sale. When is there uh, not a sale? Every other goddamn sale. I don't know. Yeah, there's a Halloween sale coming up. Yep. Nonetheless, when those happen, though, you every day, inevitably, there's at least one title on there where I go, I have no idea what that title yep. is. Let me look into this and That's see. That's the downside to all this good selection. Right. And usually I'm either going on to Reddit or whatever to figure out, like, okay, what are people saying about this game? And in some cases, it's turned out me, me going, hey – that sounds good enough for me that that you made a compelling case and now you'll be able to tie this directly on steam so if i'm looking at it and go okay let's see who has this on their list what are people saying about true it? in the irc makes a very good point it says yeah you remember total biscuit mm-hmm. he has probably the number one subbed list on steam yeah because he is well known and well regarded to be an honest reviewer right no nonsense. If your game is crap, I'm going to call it crap. If your game is awesome, yeah. unknown, I'm going to call it awesome. So why wouldn't you follow someone who has an established history right. of calling it like it is? Yeah, and I mean, for TB, uh, he also has a very wide breadth of games. He yeah. doesn't pigeonhole into a certain genre game, as much. Game me, game me. Uh, if it's a game, I want to try it. Yeah. So, I mean, it's I mean, enough. His, his WTF is series is awesome right. because it's him discovering like, what is WTF this is yeah. this. And which was a great idea. Yep. Because that's he he does it so we don't have to. Right. So that's part of what has established his reputation of being. I'll I'll go find it and I'll I'll, I'll I will listify yeah. it for you. So this is a perfect fit. Yeah. For a, a, a critic like him. Yeah. No, I think it works well, and I mean it'll definitely be a list. I'll probably substitute. I need to actually make a list on there at some point, but my time has been sucked away by life. Life. And if I do have a chance to do stuff on the computer, I'm usually gaming. So yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, let's schmissed. <laughs> I got games. You already got a backlog. You got to work through. Oh my god! Without even obtaining new ones. You know, it's it's rough enough to. to I know we don't do tangents anymore, but like <laughs> Shadows of Mordor is coming out this week, and I'm like really okay, torn one. on it. It's Shadow of Mordor. Say it right, or I'm gonna Whatever. smack you. Whatever. Some dude running around Assassin's Creed Mordor. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I don't <laughs> care. Do that one. No, it's, uh, I mean, it was definitely my favorite game I played at PAX, and I'm so torn because I'm like, when am I going to have time to play it right now? I don't know when I would play it, but it was really, really good, and they've already done reviews on it on a lot of sites, and they're, everybody's saying this game is actually really good. So, uh, so yeah, if I look at TB's list, I'll probably be like, oh, those look awesome. I will just keep those in mind during the winter sale. <laughs> That's, well, part of this is... And they pointed out in the article is, is people are populating their wish yeah, lists exactly. off of the so they'll they'll be reminded mm-hmm. when the sale comes. Oh yes, by the way, at some or point, any sale. At some point, yeah. I decided I wanted this, and now it's really cheap. Mm-hmm. So, I, that's what I've been doing. 
my wish list is full of crap that's just like, oh yeah, that game looks interesting. If it ever goes on sale, maybe ever, you know, maybe I'll bucks, think about I'll it. Go for it. Yeah, yeah. So from the uh, oh really? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Department. Um, FBI director blasts Apple and Google for offering encryption. Right. Durr. The that's an incomplete sentence. Offering encryption and not handing over the keys immediately. Yeah. Because that's what they actually want. They can say, you can offer citizens encryption all day long, as long as we can unlock it at will. Right. Because we know better than you do. Right. And we'll never abuse these problems. We are well known for never, ever stepping outside the strict lines of the law, except for all those times heavily documented that we do. Yeah. It's it's a tough one. I mean, I think he does bring up a compelling analogy of doing a uh, search of someone's home, and he goes, "There's no closet out there that you can put stuff in, and I we can't get into." Then the warrant mm-hmm. will be written such that they say what they are looking for. Right. So when they're executing a warrant, and right. they're looking for a six and a half foot tall mannequin. Sure. They're not allowed to look in a shoebox. Right, right, right. So the logic does extend. Now, I guess the question would be how many warrants are, uh, how much leeway do they have when they write a warrant when as they, well? If they get to trial? Yeah. I mean, not a lot. Okay. It, the, the, whole, the whole point of the warrant system is supposed to be mm-hmm. that you violate someone's privacy to the... Littlest, smallest, smallest extent possible in order to still pursue the investigation. So, and I guess why couldn't that apply then to encrypted devices? I guess that's that, that's, that's what, the that's question. What's going to get because it feels court. like from the from from my standpoint, it feels like the FBI and maybe their friends in like the NSA and some other areas are looking for like, well, you should just give us the keys and don't worry about it. We'll we'll get a warrant we'll, every time. We'll we'll do it from above the, secret the board. Court. Yeah. And that doesn't fly. That's the problem to right. me. It's not whether or not it's encrypted. It's the fact that they don't go through due process right now to get into And this stuff. is a statement, I think, from Google and Apple saying, we don't approve of your hijinks. Right. And figure, we, we know what your stuff out. So yeah. we're going to put this roadblock in your way, and we're going to make you go through the courts. Right. We understand this will eventually probably get to the Supreme Court and be chucked out the window. Yeah. But there will be years of people protected from your shenanigans. Right. Or you could, you know, and create a above-the-board process for right. this crap. And, yeah, because I, th- I think nobody would argue against, like, hey, this person's device has uh, suspected information that would lead to the rescue of somebody that's missing. Mm-hmm. Nobody would say, oh, yeah, no, no, uh, respect that privacy. They would say, okay, show us the evidence, go through the due process of the court, issue the warrant, Apple or Google, unlock it, unlock it and look for, on the device for something specific to that. As long as you find that, great. If you don't, then nothing else is... The counter-argument you know. is Apple and Google shouldn't be responsible for that because they right. should be going after the account holder and compelling them to give up the password, which is the, which is the way it is supposed to work under the law right now. You go to the person, you say, the court has ordered you mm-hmm. to turn over the encryption key or turn over the password to this account. Sure. And then if they refuse, 
they're breaking more laws. Well, yeah, and, and they would. But, I mean, to use the, the analogy of the real world, if you had a safe there and the person said, and you said, well, hey, we think the information's in that safe. And the guy goes, well, I'm not going to give you the safe combination. With a drill. They're going to call you. They're going to call you the drill or they're going to call the manufacturer and say, how do we get in your safe? And they're going to say, oh, okay, that's why it is. You have a warrant? Fine. Here's how you get in the safe, which is the same thing, I think. Uh, if Google and Apple are going to offer the encryption, then they need to offer a way to de-encrypt it as long as the government is providing ample documentation that they've gone through a due process right that's all it should be so right now it's but it's a very tit for tat like oh yeah you're gonna you know do all this spying and crap well we'll show you well but it's also see if we put a back door in mm-hmm. we have created an exposed we, we've, area. we've basically made the encryption useless sure because sure. the quote in here is it's hard to build a back door that can only be used by the good guys well yeah once the hooks are there Anybody can try and throw stuff at that and get sure. a response. It's just and it's because it's electronic. It's a much, it's much easier to take shots at it than, yeah, you than brute, a physical you, you safe. Just press a button and start your brute force attack and walk away for a couple of days, and then come back to your results. It's not like you have to sneak in, get in front of the safe, and you know drill right, in the dead right, of night. Right, right. With the, the yeah, the, it's the, virtual. The dangers so. of the always-on connected network yep. is people can run scripts twenty-four-seven, oh, yeah. three-sixty-five, and oh, yeah. eventually find their way in. We just need some black ice to <laughs> murder people. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no easy answer. No, it's, it's I am glad to see the fight happening. Yeah, it's better than them just to come so out of the shadows, right. and we need to wake up from the. Self-induced psychosis that 9/11 put our country in. Oh yeah, and realize just how far, how how much too far we have gone, mm-hmm. and how much of our, how much of the freedoms that that are what helped this country become what it is, we've given away. Yeah, and the the the, the famous old quote of, you know, those who give up privacy to gain security deserve neither. Yeah. Um. So hopefully we, we can backpedal to a more sane right. balance between safety, best safety we can manage for all, and freedoms. Yeah. And this, I hope, I'm hoping this is part of that corrective mechanism. So go, team, go. Win, team, win. Woo! I missed my little things that were coming up in the background. Oh, okay. Uh, where were we? We had the wrong tab open. Yay! Yeah. Well, I saw you added the... Uh... Yeah, well, that just came out the other yeah. day. Um, so those of you who follow the network know that we've been covering the large panels at Phoenix Comic Con for a number of years. And our friends at Phoenix Comic Con released a press release saying, we're going to do two of them. Right. We're going to expand. Yep. So since they've been doing these, uh, the current team's been doing them since 2002... They've always been asked, hi, can we not do this in the middle of summer? Yeah, especially for the cosplay especially people. Especially for the cosplayers. <laughs> oh, God. Um, and the hole they've been in is, yeah, well, that's the problem with Phoenix in the winter is everyone wants to hold their stuff here. And the prices for the, for the venues are insane. Yeah. So that's why they've done it on Memorial Day is because they could it's not af- been. afford to have the yeah. Phoenix Convention Center and the, and the surrounding hotels and not have the ticket price be right. absurd. Right, right. But they've now added not a second Comic-Con. Nope. But the Phoenix Comic-Con Fan Fest. Right. 
and they're going to do it out in the West Valley in the football stadium. Yeah. It's fully domed. University of Phoenix. The Oops Stadium. Oops. <laughs> um, details are, are sketchy, and I'm, I'm going to get with them yeah. to see if there will be panels of the type that you know would be yeah they, they say streamable. they're bringing creators right. there as well as costumes and um it's much more and exhibitors so it it seems possibly scaled down but really we don't know yet because we don't scale down but yet going into a football stadium but it's going to be in a big stadium and uh it's a long drive out there but the area there at at, at university designed for is tons event. of restaurants there's Food, there's uh, I mean, uh, hotels, everything. Free parking right next to the venue. Yeah, huge. Freaking expensive in downtown Right, Phoenix right. And, to t- and tons of overflow parking should right. it become that big. So, we'll see. Uh, I just want to let you know yeah. that you guys may be getting uh, additional bonus content this this December. Yeah. It's the 12th through the 14th, 2014. Um, yeah, we'll have to see how good it is. I mean, it's, like I said, for me, it's, uh, and I go out there at least five times a year because we go to the Cardinals games, right. but it's, yeah, it's quite a drive for me. <laughs> it's like one of those, like, I might just go on one day this year yep. instead of all three, but we'll see how big it is. And if it becomes uh, interesting enough of an event, maybe you just rent a hotel room down there for a couple of days. You got the Westgate Hotel call right it, there. Call it good. Yeah. So we'll have to see what it becomes, but I'm excited to see more stuff happening in Phoenix, and I'm excited that the Comic-Con folks are parlaying the continuing growth that we see... And the network of contacts ...into something, you know, bigger for us. And in December. Right, and in December, which, if anything, you think a lot of talent might be like, oh, yeah, Phoenix in December. That sounds pretty nice. Sign me up. Yeah. All right, when we return, your calls. So dust off your copies of Skype, point them at my account, GnomeWise, and call in. We'll get you all on a happy, happy group call, and we will... Discuss whatever's on your mind. We shall return right after... Yes, we're going to continue the Paul and Storm theme. Uh, <laughs> this one is called Every Man Has a Secret. And then I'll let the song finish the rest of that sentence. We shall return right after this. This is Jocelyn from the Gamers Inn and the Angry Chicken, and you're listening to Alpha Geek Radio. Job's done. Every man has a secret porn collection Beneath the mattress, in the basement, or in the shed An indecent aggregation To aid with our stimulation After everybody else has gone to bed An encyclopedic media selection Pictures, magazines, flip books, and DVDs. A cornucopia of data, both in VHS and beta. It's a wonderland of surreptitious sleaze. It may lurk on the computer in an inconspicuously named directory. I bet even Catholic priests sequester some in the recesses of their rectory. There's a potpourri for every predilection. Girl on girl, man on man, or dog on fish. Every class of animalia, juxtaposing genitalia. 
to help us scratch our every evil itch. Yes, every man has a secret porn collection. And my lady friends, as vices go, there's worse. So let us keep our smut clandestine. And we won't ask any questions about the neck massager you keep in your purse. Keep in your purse. This is Alpha Geek Radio. Casually Hardcore continues live on AlphaGeekRadio.com, and I've turned the knob on the mixing desk. What brings in the voices from the ether? Who's on the line today? This is True. True. How are you doing? Pretty good. Uh, Wanted to talk about what you were covering with the Google and Google and Apple encrypting, forcing encryption. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, there's a couple of big things. One, the main reason they're doing this is because right now there's this huge because basically the courts have been forcing Google to brute force the phones down for the, for them because they can. That's the thing. Now that they can't, if they basically change it, re-engineer so they can't, they don't have to deal with them anymore. They don't want to be involved. Right. They don't want to be legally liable for any of that crap. Right. Now, one thing that you mentioned that I wanted to make sure that people, at least the U.S. listeners, understand is no judge, no cop can force you to give you your password. Period. End of story. Written in stone in the court. It is a Fifth Amendment violation. If it, if, it, if it is going to cause you to incriminate yourself, you can take the Fifth and say, I refuse to do that because hmm. I'm not going to self-incriminate. Correct. You, are, you, you can't be compelled to One exception, to they are trying to cram through the courts right now, and only ha- and they, it probably has a, has a small chance in hell of passing, is if the cops can basically say, we know it's in the computer, we know this, 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 this is in the computer, and we're only going to prove that this is there. But that always gets to a sticky bit with the plain view doctrine, which is basically if the cops break into your house looking for a person and suddenly they see a pile of cocaine on the on the ground. In plain view. It's iffy. Right. Right. No, yeah, that, that was yeah, the point I was making earlier. If they're like searching what happened for... to the, uh, that, one stream, that one Twitch streamer just recently, and they found his marijuana stash. Yeah. In the, yeah. In the, luckily, the DA in that particular case charges. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, sometimes common sense actually does enter into the equation. Go figure. Right. Um, that was actually the discussion that I and I were having when, while traveling yesterday. Was great. This is another fly. <laughs> they're, they're ganging up on us. Um, was that? You know, we're talking about the the various states beginning to legalize marijuana for recreational use, and if the Feds ever say fine, fine, fine. We're not gonna, we're gonna, you know, do away with our laws against it as well, and we'll, we'll focus the drug war over here on meth. Um, what happens to all the people, you know, sitting in prison on marijuana-related charges? And the whole, well, there's, you know, we'll need to be some clemency and some executive orders written, and that'll get hairy because rarely is someone imprisoned on 
just one charge. It's not merely possession with intent to distribute. It's also the knife they found when they arrested yeah. you. So now you have a deadly weapon used while committing a crime. So yes, they vacate your conviction on the possession with intent to distribute. But but the possession of the weapon of a deadly weapon uh, in the commission of a drug crime stands. Yeah. So you're still in prison. Right. But well, maybe it's a different sense. Start getting to the area of lesser included offenses at that point, also. Also, so, you know, depending on what the nature of the secondary charges were. Yeah. But like here in California, on our our election day this year, we're actually having a bill that's going to shift a whole hell of a lot of stuff from uh, felonies to misdemeanors if it passes. It, one of the thing is we've got way too many people in prison here in California for really bit. stupid things. Yeah. Oh yeah. Nonviolent, low-level, you know, people smoking weed, basically. Or shoplifting, or like shoplifting for like a stealing a slice of pizza and getting t- twenty years. Yeah, three strike rule. Kind of yeah. crap. Because it was their third strike, right? Or not even that, just because the, some overzealous prosecutor wanted to make a point. Take them to the max. Make an example of them. Yeah, that's a great idea, guys. Nice. Ruin lives over a slice of pizza. That's that's the American yep. way. It yeah. happens. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Barry, I know you're you're lurking there. The only thing I can think of is the files are in the computer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's so simple. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing to add on this topic. I, well, well, no, but I'm assuming you called in for some reason. We have to have tickled some kind of reaction <laughs> right. out of you at some point this episode. Oh, definitely. I, I kept uh, my ears kept perking up earlier when you were talking about the Flash TV show because you kept talking about Barry getting superpowers, and I was just sitting here going, "Wouldn't that be great?" <laughs> what would your superpower be? Oh gosh, that's that's um, really hard to uh, nail down. I think it would be something like that um, that chick from the um, the Inhumans who uh, who had the hair that could grab things, but it would be my beard, of course. Oh yeah, Beardusa. Yeah. And we, yeah, exactly. and we have an episode title. Beer Dusa. Beer Dusa. Um, back in the, the other TV show stuff you were talking about uh, at the beginning of the episode, um, I did like uh, the heist episode of Doctor Who, but it was better the first time when it was the last Dresden book. Yeah. 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 <laughs> True. I mean, which the last Dresden book was basically Ocean's Eleven. So <laughs> with, with supernatural beings, right? But it was the same same plot basically. It was more Ocean's Twelve, because or whichever. They, they have one, the yeah. MacGuffin of the bit at the very sure. beginning that you didn't see until the end that changed everything. Sure. Minor sure. spoiler alerts for the Dresden Files. Uh, yeah, it was. It did feel like that. Yeah, where they're like, "Oh, look at this!" And, oh yeah, and you thought we were doing that. Right. Wow. I was super tired when I watched that episode of Doctor Who, so I kept like kind of stopping and going, "Is this real? Am I really? Is this really what's happening?" Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I, I should go back and watch that one again. I did watch the uh, most recent episode last night, and I was in a much less tired place, so I, I enjoyed that one a lot more. But um, the other thing you were talking about uh, the Avengers or not, Agents of Shield mm-hmm. a lot, and I looked it up. There aren't any Marvel movies coming out during this season this of the show right. until Age of Ultron in May. Hmm. Yeah, there, there is a great dearth of uh, Marvel movies, but I mean, we just had two rapid-fire major ones. Right. And I know they're shooting on the uh, Netflix originals. I'm not sure when they intend to release the first of those. That might be mixed in there as well, some yeah. of the Hell's Kitchen ones that they're doing. 
Um, I've not been paying close enough attention to know exactly when we get the first. I think Daredevil's the first one to. No, actually, it was it was Luke Cage. Oh. Yeah, I think, uh, the Aren't closest we're going to come is the Big Hero Six movie that comes out next month, but I don't think that that's going to be tied into the greater Marvel universe entirely. It'd be great yeah. if they somehow mentioned that on Agents of Shield that something from that cartoon. Unlikely, uh, though. I, the I gotta say, all the trailers I've seen for Big Hero Six make me want to see that. Well, that's cool. Um, no, they'll they'll, awesome. they'll do something on Agents of Shield. It'll be on a. There'll be a trailer. It'll be in the background or something on a monitor or something. <laughs> Harry, or they'll baby. rescue a kid who was watching it or something. Right. Yeah. Um. But I mean, I, I, I'm always on the lookout for things you know I can take my kids to. But at the same time, I will probably go see Big Hero Six just. I, w- I would go on my own volition. Yeah. It just looks like a fun, cute... Uh, just ev- the, the, they've done a good job uh, sculpting the trailers to, to pique my interest. Oh, yeah. Hopefully it won't be one of those situations where... And we've already shown you all the good jokes. Right, right. And hopefully they'll figure out the toy line this time and we'll uh, have the uh, big balloon guy toys out with the movie this time instead of nine months later like the Groot toys are going to be, right? Yeah, they did kind of miss the obvious low-hanging fruit on that one. Mm-hmm. When, but i got to be happy, though, that it's, it's because people were forced to make their own um, dancing Groot toy that, that James Gunn walked into our after party at Dragon Con, which was one of the more fun high points. Because <laughs> he was coming to see the really cool dancing Groot toy that one of the oh, yeah. guys had made. And it's like, is that freaking James Gunn? Yes, that's James Gunn and his brother. Nice. Did they just walk into our, yes, they just walked into our party. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Mr. Gunn. Nice to meet you. Enjoy your work a great deal. Right, right. Oh, cool. So... Thanks for not having the mass-produced ones out just yet, because it made the homemade ones that much more special. And now, Iolite wanders around the place. She has the entire Awesome Mix 1 album downloaded onto her iPad, and is basically playing it on a constant loop. (laughs) And we always get to the Jackson 5 and start doing the group dance. Right. (laughs) Because we're easily amused. No doubt. Come and get your love will now always and forever be Chris Pratt singing into the face of a creature. That's right. <laughs> because that's an image you just can't unsee. <laughs> and I'm I'm suspecting that record labels are probably falling all over themselves, killing each other for the opportunity to put some of their older hits on Awesome Mix 2 right. for the next movie. Right, right. Because we only heard one, the beginning of one track yep. from that, and there's a whole side of a, you know, two sides of oh, a Max yeah. tape ready to fill with music. Yeah, I'm sure. Marvel's expense. like, how much? Line up, Shh. kids, line up. Boom. They're like, well, we ain't paying you royalties, you're paying us. Yeah, mm-hmm. no kidding. Because, <laughs> well, you need to only look at what those tracks, the sales on all those tracks went berserk. As soon as the movie released, oh, everyone yeah. went out and got their nostalgia hit from all those tracks they heard in the movie. I mean, Blue Swede, just just from the trailer, saw a spike in sales. Yep. Because, but they chose the songs well as well because they were already very nostalgia heavy songs to begin with. Sure. This was, this was done in a very calculated way and then very well done because they hit all kinds of emotional buttons on us during the movie that made the movie that much more awesome. Oh yeah. Um. 
Yeah, it's like, and people are always referring to Guardians as you know the the new Star Wars. Like it's, it's Star Wars with an awesome soundtrack, and we're gonna ah oh, damn. Grail was was poised to assassinate this next housefly. Did you get him? Uh, wounded. Ooh, wounded. wounded. Finish him. Give him. Finish him. Give him yeah. the coup de gras. But anyway, <clears throat> speaking of Star Wars, that one thing that was roaming around the Internet that I saw absolutely everywhere this week was the fact that uh, Mark Hamill is now the same age that Sir Alec Guinness was when they made the first Star Wars movie. Make me feel old. Why don't you? I know the math on that does not feel right to me. That, it's no. just like, oh, man. Well, for one thing, in his Ben Kenobi role, he was made up to look older than he was. But he also he just was naturally white, and so that just that just says you know old wizard to to those of us looking at him. Um, so uh, now that I think about it, it makes perfect sense that Mark Hamill is in fact the same same age as Sherlock. Yes, yep. Um, saw the other interesting uh, sneaky shots of the various X-wing fighters under tarps at one of the shooting locations. Oh, really? With interesting paint jobs. Oh. Uh, so that looks like highly personalized X-Wings. Cool. From the future of the Star Wars universe. Uh, they're just the bits peeking out from under the tarps and they had shots of a you know partially constructed real Millennium Falcon where they were probably just going to shoot against just that one yeah. quadrant of it. Um, but it, it just speaks over and over again to Practical effects. They're doing it yeah. the old school way. You know, you know, JJ has heard the wailing and gnashing of teeth against all the virtual sets and is, seems to be going to great lengths mm-hmm. to say, we will use CG where it is appropriate, right. but when we need there to be a ship, there's going to be a ship that we built and yeah. we shot and then we dismantled think- it. Yeah, if you uh, more than just a part of the Millennium Falcon, though, I've seen a lot of photos that it's like almost the entire thing. No, there have been see. sets where the whole thing was there. This this was a location where I think they didn't want to cart the entire thing there, um, or it was just early in its in its building stage when they got the photo shot. Um, so who can say? These are all sneaky, mm-hmm. you know, uh, on set shots that weren't exactly uh, sanctioned by the production company. Right. Though I, I love the. Have you guys been following? Nolan and um, Abrams going back and forth on Twitter, no. teasing, yes. teasing each other. Um, <laughs> about, you know the, the quaint space movie that Abrams is working on, <laughs> and then Abrams responded with this video shoot, um, this Vine video, basically where he's slowly zooming in on the practical set of the Millennium Falcon, yeah. and zooms in on all the you know all those worn out you know the right. used universe bits and pieces, and then slowly. Zooms in on a panel where you realize that they they've painted and stuck the Batmobile, the Tumblr style Batmobile, <laughs> onto the Millennium Falcon. Nice. Just cause, just just to have something to to fire back Why at Nolan. It's it's been it's been great, you know, co publicity, but it's also just kind of to, a, a ton of fun to have this very public, yeah, and and gentle ribbing going back and forth. And that, oh, none yeah. of it's mean spirited. It's, it's probably fairly orchestrated, but it's very well done and hilarious. That's super meta for me, too, because I know for a fact that if you watch Mystery Science Theater 3000, that bit where they go down the tunnel as they're going into the theater, right. if you look up in the side at one point, there's a, a Millennium Falcon mm-hmm. painted and stuck to the wall. So if you got really, really tiny Falcon, there's a really, really tiny Batmobile <laughs> on, on the Millennium 
it's like it, it's it's like an inception thing. They just keep getting right. smaller and smaller. I'm so meta, even this acronym. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Along. Speaking of uh, the, uh, certain re- certain Abrams works, uh, did you hear the rumor that Shatner is apparently being cast is for the next? No Trek longer movie? a rumor. William Shatner has stated publicly that he has received the offer. It's like. Oh God! More time, tr- more fun with the timeline. Well, consider the they've already done the they've you know with the great lengths to establish alternate timelines. So there's no reason to assume in this altered timeline that Kirk died the way he died in the prime timeline. So he's not necessarily you know, they they don't need to explain away why he looks older than when he died. Right. Right. Well, no, it does, it the, does mean the, they're going to have to flash Star Trek forward. Is in though. the universe, Kirk's alive. Hmm? Uh, Kirk's alive. Kirk is alive in the Star Trek extended universe, and they Shatner wrote his own back to life in the novels. And of course, it, but of course, canon. it's 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 Trek, and not not unlike comics, and no one dies for very long. Right. But they'll they'll have to do some kind of weird time travels because they'll they'll have to have an excuse for old Kirk to be on screen. Right. When we're following the adventures of young Kirk. Right. So, or it will be what they had intended for the first film will be a kind of flashback. The, the intention for the first film that they couldn't get to come together was Spock would have with him a hologram recording of Kirk ah. as a memento of his friend. Um, that he would, he would either show to, you know, to prove what he was saying right. or just have a reflective moment where he was um, considering his his dear departed friend, and they were going to record Shatner as a hologram, just just as a, a way to have him in the film to to pass the torch. That'd be okay. It never came together, so yeah. they wrote it out. They just they just sat tight with just the uh, Leonard Nimoy. Mm-hmm. So I'm okay with it. You know, for for however much longer we still have. Bill Shatner, you, know, you, you should use your Bill Shatner before he expires. <laughs> exactly. I'm just I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around a, a good story reason why to have old Kirk show up or be on a screen or, or whatever. I mean, I can't, I, have you guys heard any story elements as to how there other other than just we've we've asked William Shatner to appear in the film. All I could hope is this another massive temporal reset back to the original timeline and we can get rid of this entire world. But good luck with that. They're kind of committed to it and rolling around in big bins full of money. Yeah. So I would, yeah, I would not hold out much for that. This, 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 this is a thing. Oh, they, they, they keep saying Captain Worf is on again, off again. So who knows? I'm, also, I'm curious to see what form Trek's return to television will take. I think they're fools if they don't try and roll something out along with the 50th anniversary, which is rapidly approaching. And there's no signs of anything in development. And it would be terrible to see Trek shamed by Doctor Who. To see them do less to honor their own anniversary than Doctor Who did. Than Doctor, yeah. Who did. Doctor Who did a whole bunch of fun stuff. Oh, yeah. They really did, with the resources they had available, with Eccleston not being willing to participate, did a great... 50th anniversary that had an, a great important story mm-hmm. from the mythos to tell and a metric crap ton of fan service left right center up and down 
it was a, a festival of, of nerdy moments. Sure. Um, and I just, I don't, and by this point before Doctor Who's 50th anniversary, we had started hearing stuff about what was being planned. And they managed to keep a lot of it secret. The, the bit with uh, Paul McGann's little yeah. episode passing out, that was a great surprise. Um, you know, I would love to see them surprise us with some webisodes of the adventures of Captain Sulu. Yeah. One of the great unexplored storylines, other than in novelizations. Right. Um, you know, we, got a, we got a taste of it in six. Yeah. Uh, and it was an awesome taste, and it made me want more. You got a tiny little revisit to that in an episode of Voyager, where they had Tuvok flashback. Because they, 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 they had a fun time, because Tim Russ, the actor, was on the bridge of the Excelsior as a human. If you mm-hmm. look at him, he doesn't have pointy ears. They retconned him into being Tuvok. <laughs> said, you can go last to the movie, and you'll see Tim Russ nice. there. Nice. Not playing Tuvok. Um, but they gave, us, they gave him an excuse to have... Um, George Takei in right. an episode of Voyager. It was, right. it was not a bad, it was not a terrible episode. And they had. Well, I'm talking about using people before they expire. Right. I mean, might as well get some Sulu in. He's, he's aged the best of most of them. I mean, when yeah. I saw Walter Koenig at, at uh, Phoenix Comic Con, oh, yeah. I felt sad. Yeah. <laughs> he, was, he, was, he was ill. Right. He, had, he, was, he was fighting the flu and was trying to hold up a brave face. It just, it just makes you look even older and tireder. You should just give yourself. You should go shiny bald. Just yeah. to, to let the wisps go. Yep. It's the, the fight is over and you have lost. The follicles have surrendered. Go bald. You'll look much better. Um, but so while while yeah. we while we've got them, we should use them. We'll see. But it's just I'm hoping for something for the 50th anniversary. Other than I mean, other than you know, they may do something in the new movie universe to help promote the movies, but. You know, come back to TV. It's where you were born. It's where you have had your greatest successes. Yes, you make more money off of movies, right. but it's 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 a, it's a package deal, guys. We if you get back to the land, if if, if Marvel Disney t- teaches us nothing else, it's like if you play Put all sides, out there, you yeah. can build a freaking juggernaut. Yeah. So why aren't you doing that? Yeah, I mean, if anything, put something in the current iteration of the universe. It seems like the best fit. Yeah. Considering how popular it is, whether you like it or not. (laughs) Choose your spinoff. And and you could, again, take a page from Marvel to put something in the next movie. Right. That is the uh, stealth pilot for the series. Yeah. Yeah. I'm encouraged by the fact that Orsai is talking about this being okay. We're all done reusing stuff, right? Reusing That's major me. things from the previous movies. No whales. <laughs> one of the oh most God, prof- no. one of the most profitable Trek movies from that generation. It was fun. It was it funny. Appealed, it appealed to it a was, wide variety of people. It's not really yeah, a hardcore Trek movie. On a Trek movie, yeah. <laughs> but the fact that they're going to say this is going to be TV series stuff. This yeah. is. They're, they have begun the five-year mission. Right. And they are far from home, and they are encountering weird shit. Yeah. And having to deal with it. It's like, oh, that's a pretty wide-open space yeah. for the writers to dive in and say, okay, what do, do we want to have them run into? some episodes and then have it culminate in a movie or have a movie be of effect, you know, back and yeah. forth, yeah. What I want to see him do is accidentally collide with Voyager 6 right before it arrives at the machine planet. And retcon the entire motion picture. <laughs> no V'ger. 
Oh yeah. I <laughs> that, was, that was one of the one of the only good parts of Star Trek Five uh-huh. was when the Klingon captain was shooting space junk, and it was one of the Voyager spacecraft. Yeah. Symbolically annihilating the first movie. <laughs> right. Uh, so yeah. that'd be a fun little nod in there, but eh, what's been done is done. It, it, it allowed Star Trek Two to be made, so I can't bitch too much. Right, right. It, it was good enough to get a sequel, and what a sequel it was. Yeah, but we'll see. Just mm, bring me some. Start, start talking up the 50th anniversary, guys. I want to yeah. get excited. I want to get excited about Trek again. I don't have. I'm interested in the movies. I've been entertained by the recent mm-hmm. the reboot movies. They've not retained my attention the same way some of the TV series did. When I was into Next Generation, I was into Next Generation. When I was into the later half of DS9, I was eager for the next episode. I liked the story. Um, I even got to the point where I even liked Dr. Bashir's character, and that took a lot of work. (laughs) And they also made him less of a prick as the seasons went on. I don't know. That seems unlikely. How could you do that? Uh, they stopped making him being an overtly misogynistic, womanizing, immature asshat. Nice. It was only the yeah. la- it was only the last season where they finally got around to that, but they they finally gave him some good scripts. Yeah. Uh, Wasn't there that whole thing about him being cloned or something though? No, he genetically, was like some kind of like genetically, genetically modified he human. Was, he was yeah, He was basically one of the con people. Yeah, he he was he was a a minor league version of a enhanced. Mm-hmm. Human and and it was completely illegal. His parents did it, and he was basically when word got out, that was a big problem. Yeah, because after you know the whole uh, what was the, the what was the term they used for them? Uh, was it or no? That wasn't it. Was, no, and the, when they did the, the when they did the really good um, con bit in Enterprise. Where they gave us the reason for the flat foreheaded Klingons and everything. Um, oh, uh, what there, there was a term they used for the enhanced humans, the genetically engineered humans. Ugh, it's gonna drive me nuts now. Anyway, yeah. Um, they. On a side note, I keep seeing the strangest ads that I again I'm watching this on YouTube and I'm like, is this real? Is this a real show that they're actually making? It's a sitcom. And it's got the guy who played Sulu in the new Star Trek movies right. and Amy Pond in it. Yes, it is. Actually, it's called Selfie. No, that's. I thought that was a movie, not a... No, that's a series. That's oh, a series? TV series. Oh, I thought it was going to be a... I think it's starting like this week. And I kind of want to watch it, but at the same time, I yeah. don't. <laughs> because I'm just like, this is too weird. <laughs> yep, it is uh, her, her big attempt to break into American television. Um, she's done one major American... Horror film, yeah. Uh, what was it Portal? Some, or, yeah, I forget which one. It was mirror, like, eh, mirror, whatever, yeah. horror, whatever. Um, so this is her her shot at trying to become a, a household name, and they've uh, it was not Garrett Wong. Um, Garrett Wong played Ensign Kim, who played Sulu in the new iteration. Harold, uh, Harold, Harold, yes. <laughs> Harold Sans Kumar. I get yes. it, but anyway. Um, yeah, so that's that's not a fever dream, Barry. That is a real thing, yep. and I have almost no interest at all in watching it because. Well, it, I don't know well, what's stranger about it's it. It's a romantic the fact comedy. That so she's using an American yeah. accent, which I know is fake, mm-hmm. or the fact that I know that's not her real hair because there's no way her hair could have gotten that long that fast. Uh, you grew back fairly. I mean, I've seen it 
beginning to reach her shoulders, but they have yeah. it going down to the center of her back again. Yeah, She's definitely in a wig for now. Or a wig, yeah. Um, was one of the fun parts of, of watching the uh, Christmas episode of Doctor Who where he regenerated into Capaldi mm-hmm. when they have Amy and the Doctor getting together for their last farewell and you look up and you realize they're both wearing wigs <laughs> because they both for for different roles have right. shaved themselves spear bald. Nice. And like, when you know it you realize yeah those are really rugs that they're wearing. Wow. If I didn't know I probably wouldn't have noticed no, but since yeah. I was pre-informed like clearly oh, a wig. Yeah. Shatner level of rug, because <laughs> I mean, how do you how do you get a, a good wig for that bouffant that right. Matt Smith was sporting? Like, right, that's hard. There's a lot of glue holding that on, isn't there? Oh Damn. yeah. Damn. All right. So on that shocking note, uh, it's time to end. You have in fact been spending your time once again listening to Casually Hardcore. We would like to thank those participating on our research subreddit, mm-hmm. alphageekradio.reddit.com. Uh, the Barry Von Awesome. We may have heard of him somewhere about the place or heard from him in the last, oh, I don't know, 45 seconds or so. MacBit, not to be confused with MacButt. And he who couldn't turn up for live broadcast this week, which made me sad. Yeah. Boba Fetish. Uh, if you'd like to see what we're looking at uh, talking about or want to suggest links, just head on over to alphageekradio.reddit.com. If you've never been to Reddit before and I'm responsible for getting you hooked, I'm very sorry, um, but it's a really useful tool for sharing information that you found on the internet, and it just kind of works. And I'm getting ready to uh, retire yieldy, uh, clunky, broken, infested with bots forum system in favor of that anyway, because infested with bots. Come to... <laughs> well, it is. Uh, yeah. Thank you to our 90 patrons on our Patreon page, uh, donating to help keep the show and the network rolling. You can find us there at patreon.com slash alphageek. If you like what we do here at Alpha Geek Radio and get value from it and feel like you want to spread a little value back our direction in return, we are open to that relationship. Um, you can give us 25 cents a month, a buck a month, 10 bucks a month, whatever you feel uh, will pay us back for what we give you and will help us keep the station on the air and help us develop new and fun projects as we go forward. Patreon.com slash Alpha Geek. And we appreciate all of you who are participating in that. Uh, it keeps us going. Thanks to all the volunteers around the network and the aforementioned research team. And I'm just going to say the name again because Boba Fetish. I just need no the slightest excuse to say that name. Mm-mm. You can find us on the web, alphageekradio.com, on the Twitter. Alpha Geek Radio is the account for the station. Hardcore Casuals for the show. Izzy Grail for him and Gnomewise for me. If you want to listen live or listen to recent repeats, you can do it via the TuneIn.com app, which works on every connected device in the known universe. Just go to their site and click on the devices list and refrigerators, televisions, portable radios, phones. Yes, even Windows Phone and BlackBerry wow. they have an app. They, they, they've got you covered. Just search on there for Alpha Geek Radio. You'll see all four of our channels on there. Just favorite them. And this particular show, we broadcast on channel one. Because it's my network, and I'm going to put myself up front, damn it. And it's a great app. lets you buffer about 30 minutes. So if you're driving around while listening, you need to get out of the car or something, go do something, you can just pause it, go do your thing, come back, unpause, 
you'll be out of sync with live, but you won't have missed a thing. It is a fun, fun app, and we are glad to have it. If you want to support the station uh, another way, you can also search for your Amazon purchases using the search widgets on our front page. So just go to Alpha Geek Radio, look down the right-hand side. There's one for the UK, one for the US. If you begin your search there and end up purchasing, you pay nothing extra, and we get a little cut of the action uh, for directing you to Amazon. So it's a pretty much no-cost way you can help us uh, keep the show up and running and the station up and running. And we appreciate all that you do. Send your emails to the show at alphageekradio.com. That is the show at alphageekradio.com. I have been Gnomewise. And I've been Grail. And that's a secret pass to you guys on Skype. And true. And Barry Von Awesome. The Barry Von Awesome. Do not sell yourself short. And Reginald. We'll be back hey. next week. Same bat time. Same bat channel. And we are being out of here. Bye-bye, radio people.